If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. wines, I find them extremely helpful and helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Call J.T. Comfer, 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog, collective hugs, 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious. Welcome into the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout and you'll be in and out in minutes. Use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. As always, as we continue to crawl towards September, we figured it would be a good time to to look at some of the players with the best skills in the Central Division, that ranging from shooting, skating, passing, defending, as well as at least exciting goaltending is what we decided to settle on here. AJ, how's your Thursday going? Are you ready to talk about some fun players? Uh, I am. Uh, I'm Honestly, I'm ready to watch some fun players this week. Yeah. Is the worst week of the year. I've decided. Really, uh, is. I don't. I don't mind like early August and mid August and all that. I, you know, this year I was on vacation, so of course I didn't mind it. Uh, but this part of August absolutely sucks. The week, the week before you actually, before we get back to the rink and actually get to see some players playing, we've run out of stuff to talk about. We're we're extrapolating a comment that Tyler Sagan made about. Miro Haskinen being <laughs> a great skater and turning it into an entire show. I mean, so, if you're extremely desperate, the Champions Hockey League did start today. And most of that, at least for the U.S., is available for free online. So that's something you can look into. But the Avs don't have a whole lot of stake in that, unfortunately. They do have a whole lot of stake in the Central Division. I guess we can start at the back and, and work our way up. Goaltenders... Honestly, a lot of the goaltenders in the Central Division are kind of boring. You have guys like Ben Bishop who are just large, and they take the angle and stop the puck, and that's the end of it. But there are a few exciting ones. Yeah, you know, I had UC Soros number one on my list, uh, just as a guy that's... He's smaller and really athletic and gets it done. I mean, sub-six-foot goaltender who's had a great deal of success in the NHL, I, I, I think he's a blast to watch. Yeah, I I actually had Jordan Bennington here, not necessarily because of the way he plays the position, although it can be a little wild at times, but it's just really easy to root for an, an underdog story like that and to come onto the scene and play as well as you did. It's 
if you like it, it's really exciting. If you don't like it, it's really easy to have fun rooting against him and wanting him to collapse. So either way, you can make it work. Yeah, uh, I'm fine with Bennington. That's that's a solid choice. I actually may have put Varlamov on this list if he was still in the division, just because he has that ability that very few goaltenders have to have a game where he stops like 65 shots and just decides that no goals get scored today. Yeah. And that's always fun to watch as well. Yeah, when he was locked in, man, he really was a blast to watch. When he was absolutely at his best, and you could tell early on when he was feeling it. Oh, yeah. You know, when he was tracking the puck and he was just swallowing it up. Oh, yeah. And he gets that confidence and someone comes in on a breakaway and the dude's like almost to the hash marks cutting the angle down. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a fun position to watch when it's not one of the robotic goaltenders who does the positioning, moves to the spot, makes the save with the body and smothers it every single time, right? Yeah, I, you know, another guy that I think is fun to watch is Jake Allen. Yeah, that's true. The the the, the guys that rely on, on a lot of athleticism, they flop around and they go crazy. And, uh, you know, Allen has a lot of the highlight reel saves because he, he gets himself wildly out of position by yep. overcommitting like crazy. Yep. It's right. The, most of the goaltenders that are making a lot of those saves are... In reality, probably just making their lives harder than it has to be. Yeah, <laughs> but, for sure. I mean, if it looks pretty, take it. Yeah, I mean, the <laughs> Jake Allen's a guy that's ended up uh, on highlight reels every year with, with top saves because uh, he can do crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, it's the... Uh, it's the fact that he the also basics. ends up on the low light reel every year as well because he's way out of position. <laughs> Yeah, um, I would say the other one that's fun to watch is Devin Dubnik, just because there's nothing better <laughs> than watching that guy get lit up, you know, five or six get by him and he starts freaking out. Yeah, and starts trying to punch people in the head. Yeah, and he starts throwing a fit back there and it's just watching that guy melt down is, uh, you know, it's, it's amusing. <laughs> Enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty funny to watch. All right. So, yeah, as as usual, we have some goalies that we like, but they're just such a such a foreign concept to me that that we'll move on. We'll move yeah. up the ice a little bit and we'll start talking about the best all-around defenders here. Didn't put any limits on this because this could be a defenseman or a forward, just the best defending players in the Central Division. Well, um I had Matias Ekholm I had him as my top one as well, at least Um, for defensemen. Just coming off of last year, he was so good defensively. Yeah. uh, That it it was just, I had to go with him. Just, you know, over the last year, he's, his defense, like the offense was was a career year last year, and that's great. Uh, But his, his defense is just, it's so good. Yeah. Honestly, Ryan Ellis, uh, Ryan Suter, all those those two guys also in there. Yeah, it, it's very crazy with Nashville. It's not quite as crazy as it was with PK getting moved out, <clears throat> but they had yeah. a uh, a perfect setup there where it was like, all right, Yossi and PK are offensive guys, and Ellis and Ekholm are. are quote-unquote defensive guys who would still put up 30 points a year, but they had a a really the perfect top four, you could say. They really did. Um, They were... It's it's a little shocking to me that it didn't work. Yeah. And and never really did. I mean, mean, they... You remember they had... uh, uh, Back in the day, they had guys like... It was like Suter and Weber Weber, and... Um, Ham Huis, who, I mean, obviously wasn't quite on that level, but was a really good NHL player for a long time. Um, they they had, like, they've just been churning out those kinds of blue lines for a long time. It's, it's honestly, it's a little more amazing that they haven't done anything with it. They've only been to the one cup final when they've had blue lines like that for a really long time and could have had Sam Gerrard. 
yeah. added to that list. I that mean, would have been uh, crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, I would also Colton Pareko was another guy. Yes, that I wanted to point absolutely. out. He is the stepped into the role as, as someone younger on this list. Uh, mm. The all around type of defenseman for that blues team while freeing up Petrangelo to just kind of go crazy on offense. Yeah, um, been the been the best player from the AJHL and the NHL for a while now. Yep, and uh, looking forward to that reign coming to an end. <laughs> Not that far away now. <laughs> yeah, hopefully this year, probably two years from now. Yeah, if you want to be realistic, but that's no fun. Yeah, still hedging my bets on the whole Macar rookie th- rookie season thing. All right. So how about a forward in this category? I, I know the snap off the top of the head is to go with Landeskog, but there are plenty of quality centers. Ryan O'Reilly, you could certainly make a case for yeah, as well. Absolutely. I mean, O'Reilly, uh, Taves. Yeah. Obviously, he's got that that history as well. Uh, it's too bad Kerfoot's gone because he was a <laughs> Selkie candidate. Selkie winner to be Alex Kerfoot. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Artem Anisimov was another guy who was who was a guy that I I liked defensively, um, but also gone. Yep. Um, you know, I think he's all. It's always been an underrated part of his game, but when he's engaged, Mark Shifley's pretty good in that area. Yeah, I guess that's fair. It's, you know, when you're putting up point totals like that, sometimes that defensive side kind of gets lost in the mix, but. <laughs> People people don't care as much when you're a point per game center. They're like, oh, okay, sure, right. he plays he plays defense, but he scores thirty five goals a year. So who cares? Yeah, yeah. But when he's engaged, he's a really good two way like power forward type guy. You know, he's well, he's got power in his game. I don't like calling him like a power forward, but uh, he the 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 level of engagement though is a problem. You know, we saw late last year he kind of shifted uh he he downshifted into coasting quite a bit. Yep. As as their internal strife kind of grew, he uh he checked out more and more. But hey, I mean still 84 points in 82 games. <laughs> oh, oh to be that successful uh when you're checked out. Yeah, I I mean, maybe is that kind of a theme with these defensive centers? O'Reilly had done the same thing both in Colorado and in Buffalo at times. Which is strange given that he's supposedly such a, like a hardworking type of well, player. Yeah. Like rink rat and such a great leader and, you know, has that reputation as like all around great guy. Except for when you're the worst team in the league. <laughs> yeah, well, and then like... Yeah, you're not bad. And he's like, I don't like cocky anymore. And you're like, well, can't really, I mean, can't really blame him. I probably wouldn't be a big fan of it either if it, if it sucked every day going to the office like that. Well, I mean, there's 7.5 million reasons to still enjoy it, but. Yeah, but you know how it is, man. When you start working for the paycheck and. Yeah. Um, one of the other guys that I would like to, to point out is noted abs killer Colton Sissons. Yeah, I don't. He probably doesn't quite get the ice time or or anything to really truly make the list. But man, if he doesn't just ruin the Avs by stealing pucks and going down and scoring, <laughs> yeah. But I just he's he is such a Swiss Army knife for that roster, uh, where he fills in, he can do anything, and they they give him a lot of uh, defensive matchups. Like he's. You know, Kelly Yarncrook used to be that guy, but yeah. then Yarncrook had so many injuries yep. uh, that it, it, he just stopped being a guy that they could really rely on in the same way. Um, so I I do like uh, those those guys uh, as like good strong defensive forwards. Um, I mean, you could make a case for you know when you get into those depth guys, you can make a case for a guy like Mac Helvert. I think you'd almost make the case for Nieto there if you had to pick one. And you I, could definitely do that as well. Yeah. I think both of those guys are really good at what they do. Right. It's a very defined and specific role, but but they mm-hmm. take it on whole hog. So, Well, and, and they find ways to chip in and to be productive and 
You know, we saw Matt Calvert had a career high last year. And uh, in points. And Matt Nieto. One, but. <laughs> you know, Matt Nieto had 23 points last year, but he only played 64 games. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that guy was, he was really effective last year. I really became a, a big, big Matt Nieto fan last season. Just watching what he did shift in and shift out, really working hard. Uh, you know, another guy like that would be uh, in Dallas. They have Roddick Foxa. Yep. Really, really good defensive guy for them. Uh, I think he took a bit of a step back last year. Uh, Malzadora was... broke him. So, yeah, well. He does that. <laughs> and uh but but two years ago I I think that Foxa was uh Selkie caliber kind of defender sure. at the forward position. So lots of really good defensive forwards hanging around in the central. And uh that's that's one area where I think Colorado definitely needed to catch up a little bit. Um I think Belmar is gonna help them in that, is that they'll have and Kadri. Yeah. Um, those two guys, they'll they'll be able to help even it out a little bit because Soderberg always got that. He always had that reputation, but never really had the results to match. Yeah. Uh, where it was like, oh, he's like a he's a good third line center and he's this and that. And I'm sure some of that was because the abs were forced to overuse him uh, because they they didn't really ever have much in the way of a two C most of his tenure. Uh, in in Colorado, those four years, he was really the de facto two C because he had to be. Yeah, it's... and uh, but he did not have he never really had the same results that matched the reputation as like a defensive stopper. Right. Whereas Someone if you has look at Calvert and Nieto, like those yeah. guys did produce um, the 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 kinds of shot suppression and shot metrics that you're looking for from stronger defensive players. Right, someone has to take the defensive zone starts. It, if you don't have that second line type shutdown player to take them, then it's just going to fall to a Carl Soderberg or, or yeah. whoever. And you know, we we always say never pay for faceoffs or anything like that. But yeah, when you're talking about a Belmar or something like that, where nearly five percent more faceoffs are wins, that's not nothing. Faceoffs don't mean very much, but if you're eliminating five percent of your D zone starts, loss of possession, it's it's a little bit. It's well, it's a big step um, in the right direction. And the thing is, is that cumulatively, you know, when you when you start to win faceoffs, I mean, there's it stands to reason, right, that when you start to win more faceoffs, uh, that you stop having as many in your own zone, right. And that reduces the need for the defensive guy the same way. And with two on there now, the, you know, between Belmar and Kadri, uh, I feel like you've got, you've got two options that you can go to where you're feeling a, a lot better than you were last year, where you were just kind of like, oh boy, we're just going to have to roll the dice here. Um, and honestly, your best face-off option last year was Alex Kerfoot. And he's gone now, so you had to figure something out. Well, very true, but maybe this year, if you're playing the drinking game of take a drink every time the Avs lose a face-off, your liver may actually be able to survive. So if you're looking for something to drink during Avs games, it's time to take a second to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they're calling this a light-hearted Kolsch ale. And for those of you who don't know what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer for that matter. And make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. You'll be able to see all of the events we have planned and we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP and have a good day time that's going to do it for segment one we'll be back in segment two with some of those offensive skills 
Tax debt is impeding the growth of millions of small businesses in the U.S. That's why Symbio Tax and Administration's goal is to enable small businesses and individuals to make informed and calculated decisions when it comes to their taxes. Symbio Tax provides small business owners with expert services in resolving tax liabilities and providing financial clarity. I would recommend George to anybody who has to deal with the IRS. His strengths and depth of knowledge make him really valuable. You know, over the course of years as a real estate broker, I've had the opportunity to talk with many different tax people. But the one thing I have found with George is he was very easy to work with. He was very articulate. Symbio Tax is experienced in preparing returns for all income levels, as well as securing penalty abatements and settlements for qualified individuals that sometimes save the taxpayer thousands. George was able to save us about $7,000, and of course, you know, being an independent real estate broker, $7,000 is a substantial amount of money, and it was really nice to get that dealt with. They offer free consultations, so be sure to check out SymbioTax.com for more information. That's S-Y-M-B-I-O. TAX.com. Second segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast. We've talked goalies, we've talked defending. Now it's time to talk about things that forwards usually do. Starting with the main one of shooting. Some of the best shooters in the Central Division. AJ, where do you start this list? Shooters. This one was tough, man. There are um, a lot of choices on this one. Yeah, I. I think that I'm going line A1. Okay. Um, but I don't think Tyler Sagan is far behind him. See, I didn't have either of them at one. Okay. I actually had Alex DeBrincat. Okay, I could live with that. And I would grant that, you know, getting set up by Patrick Kane, who someone will talk about in a bit, certainly helps your goal totals there. But he shot over 18% this year, and it wasn't something that seemed like an aberration. It looked repeatable with him. Well, and that was what he did in junior, too. Right, exactly. He was a pure goal scorer. Like, that's just who he was. That's what he did. Rocking and rolling. Um, I don't I don't have any, like, argument yeah, it, against. And Ryan was... Man. A close second for me, for sure. Yeah, well, and Line A coming off of a down gear uh, yeah. as a 30-goal scorer. Right. That's his his low point is 30 goals. Yeah, and he shot 12% last year. It's stupid. Yep. Um, but I just, with between Line A and, and Sagan and the track records that they have, I think those guys are just, whew, kinds of shooters. And it's funny because... Um, Sagan percentage wise is really the kind of in the same conversation as McKinnon. Right. Volume kind of shooting. Yeah. Uh, but I just, when he, where, where Sagan has, I think that upper, upper hand is that he's got that big slap shot yeah. from the circle that he can just every year he just pours them in. Right. You just, if the puck's already on his way to him with that one timer set up, it's it's going in your net. Sorry, right. like it's good luck stopping it. Like you know yep. it's coming. If you allow that pass to happen, uh, then you know, yeah, you're hoping that you have a defenseman in, in the way because otherwise <laughs> you're gonna struggle. Uh, he is he's an unbelievable shooter, I think, and uh. I, I think just, that multifaceted way of him shooting is is a selling point there. It's because I really like Vlad Tarasenko as I think oh, he has one of the best shots in the entire league. Dude. But that's it. He only shoots wrist shots, not backhands, right. not slap shots, not anything else. And and right. that's where someone like Sagan can separate himself. And I I mean I love Tarasenko. <laughs> yeah, Tarasenko. right. I know. <laughs> uh, and and in the same vein, like Mark Shifley. Another guy that that scores a lot of goals, but also does, uh, you know, has has a high percentage. Mm-hmm. You know, the last two seasons he shot eighteen percent and nineteen percent, right. and I just think that that's boy. 
That's pretty <laughs> impressive. Yeah, right. You start flirting with that 20 number and one out of five shots going in the net is pretty ridiculous. I mean, realistically, like the 15 is kind of my the number that I mentally look at. Yeah. And say if this guy is is in the 15 range consistently, um, that's that's something um, special. And on on that in that vein, Miko Rantanen. I talk about this all the time. That Miko Rantanen, I think his best attribute of all the things he does well, I think his shot is 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 what's best for him. Uh, I- He's just an unbelievable shooter. He just doesn't do it very much. Yeah, he has that slap shot from the circle ability. He has a wrist shot that when given space, he can pinpoint precision. But honestly, I think he may have the best backhand in the division. Dude, his His backhand is dumb. Oh, it's so (laughs) disgusting to watch. Yeah. Because it's like, dude, are you serious with this? (laughs) Like his backhand is so good. It's every time he uses it, especially when he's in tight to the goal, it's just my jaw drops to the floor. It, like, it, like when he's on the forehand and he's cutting in and he's yeah. down low, his ability to just switch <laughs> to his backhand really quickly and and put it high at an angle that other guys simply can't do. Off of the back edge of the blade, this puck right. goes at like an 85 degree angle straight up off the crossbar and in. Right. And it's, it's like, so how? stupid, dude. It's so stupid. Some law of physics has to like refute the, the possibility of that happening. <laughs> like this is a dude who has three full NHL seasons and he's got 20, 29 and 31 goals and has never had 200 shots on goal in a season. Yeah, he pours them in. When when he's shooting, you know it's it's got a good chance. That's that's the one if you want to make an argument for moving Rantanen away from McKinnon and kind of being the focal point of a line, it's to get him shooting more. Yep. Absolutely. But at the same time, I mean, he's got back to back seasons of fifty five and fifty six assists. Like he's an elite passer also. Right. It I mean it's it's a silly weapon to have that seam pass that worked great on the abs power play for the first half of last year, <laughs> where if they pass it one way, Amigo's set up for the one timer. Oh, right. he passed it the other way. Well, McKinnon set up for the one timer. Sorry. <laughs> right. Guys who had 41 and 31 goals last year. Just okay. Which one's going to, which one's going to be the guy. Right. Exactly. So it's, it's interesting that I, I don't think either of us really have McKinnon on this list. He might no. be not too far off of it, but as someone who really thrives off of just taking a billion shots. Yeah. Well, and, and like his best shots are, he, he loves to go glove side, top cup, top corner. Yep. That's his shot. That's where a lot of his goals get scored uh, today. And the NHL Twitter account has McKinnon's top 10 goals of the season. And like six of them are that. Yep. He has his, his tendencies for sure. He's got well, and, and that big that big slap shot has never really been a big part of his game. No, we saw him try it out a couple last year, and when it when it was working, he was like, "Cool, I'll do it some more." Yep. But when it stopped working, he would he stop the puck away, yeah, and he would he would stick handle a little bit and try to try to throw off the goalie's timing and try to dis- disrupt what is a traditional timing for guys who are, you know, teams are accustomed to defending that shot because every team runs a variation of it with their best shooter. And he had success doing that. I mean, he did. And he, he did score a fair number of those goals, but like, it's just, that's, you know, we're talking about diversity and and different ways of scoring. Right. Uh, And basically the only time you ever see him score on a backhand is on a breakaway slash shootout type move uh, where he's, you know, he deeks a goalie hard uh, like he did in that Arizona game last year at the end of the season when he won the right. shootout with that unreal move that just, I don't remember which goalie, I think it was probably Kemper, but it just moved him out of the net and you were just like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and I asked him about it. I was like, dude, you usually rely on like one or two shootout moves and then you pull something you've never done before. And he was like, ah, had to have it. I had to, I had to pull something out of the bag there. <laughs> Like in his nonchalant way of describing some of the insane things that he right. does, where he's it's just like, like Meh. 
I don't know, man. 30 minutes ago, I didn't even know that was in the bag. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And he was like, I just did it. That's that's kind of Forsberg-esque back in the day when Forsberg was like, I don't know, I did the thing. Yeah, he's like, oh, well, you know, I can just do whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. So I, this isn't shooting necessarily, and, and Joe Pavelski is in the division now, but last year, Landeskog arguably the best tip game in the division. Yeah... The tip game. (laughs) Is it... Repeatable? That's the question, right? How much of it is is the luck factor there? Yeah, because, like, we've seen Landeskog's been good at tipping pucks for a few years, uh, but last year was, like, on steroids. Yeah, like, just everything was going in. Yeah, I mean, this is a dude who had multiple goals last year, one hand on a stick while he's falling down. Right. And he just clips it, just gets a piece of it perfectly. And, you know, it happens to go through a puck-sized hole in the guy's pads or whatever. And it was, you know, he's just throwing his stick out there. And, like, some of that is skill because you know he practices that. But some of that is he's just throwing his stick out there. And I, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see. I'm a guy like Pavelski has made a career out of it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but not very many have. You know, Anders Lee and Landeskog have both had great seasons tipping pucks, but I would not say either one of them, like, that's who they are. Very fair. And, and Landeskog is a good shooter regardless of, of tipping. Yeah. It's not like he can't shoot the puck, so. I mean, he's been a 20-goal scorer basically his whole career. Right. And it's not like he's gotten all of those, you know, if you get if you get ten tip goals in a season, you've had a really good season tipping pucks. Well, Andy officially credited with eight tip goals according to NHL.com, so take that with a grain of salt. But I wouldn't I just wonder if those count the couple that end up banging in off his body and things like that as well. Yeah, I'd like to see what they're because I I remember I was keeping track of him for some of last season and he had more we had significantly more than that. Yeah. So who knows? It even if he can keep up seventy five percent of the tip ins he had this past season, that's gonna yeah. be a big, big deal. All right. So we covered the shooting. Let's save the passing. Well, we'll save the second segment or the final segment rather for for the final two skills here. But before we get into that, you know what's so great about our BSN family that we now have multiple subscribers that have partnered with us to help promote their business. Chad with Houselift has an incredible service for you. If you or your friends are thinking about selling your house, but it's not in tip top condition, go to houselift.com. They will show you how to maximize your profit. If your house is in need of an upgrade, Houselift can assist in eliminating all the stress of the remodeling process while matching the current trends that most buyers desire. And get this, there are zero upfront costs from you, the homeowner. That's right. You won't pay for any of the upfront costs for the remodel until your house closes. Houselift will handle everything from the contractors to the design while managing these costs. Here's what you need to do. Head to their Facebook page or website. You can find both at houseliftcolorado.com and check out the incredible remodels Houselift has done for homeowners here in the metro area. In past jobs, Houselift has put anywhere from 15 to 60K more into their clients' pockets. Call 303-885-7888 today and find out what Houselift can do for you. Oh yeah, if you hire one of Houselift's preferred realtors, they'll sell your home without charging a listing commission. Third and final segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast, I'm Nathan, he's AJ. We're talking skills today, and we've come to the ability of passing. I think we both agree that's at the top in the Central Division by a, a wide margin is Patrick Kane, and it's really not that close, is it? Uh, I don't think so. Not really. Um, Kane's track record is insane. Yep. Um, and just when you watch him play, just the the way that he's able to find guys um, and and fit pucks into spaces that simply nobody else can. Man, he's. It always sucks to give Patrick Kane credit, but he's an unbelievable passer. 
not only does he have the great passing ability, he has that ability to handle the puck and sucker in whoever's defending him to the wrong position so he can open up that lane and make the pass. Yeah, his hands uh, are among the very, very, very best in the world. Uh, and yep. his ability to do that, to to get guys out of position, to get guys to bite on. on. I mean, he's got such a wide array of, uh, you know, deeks and head fakes and jukes, things that he does with the puck standing still and moving uh, that it, he's impossible to defend. Yeah, it's and this is a guy who scored 44 goals last year, and we're talking about him as the best passer in the division. Right. So he can really do it all when it comes to the offensive side of the game. Yeah, I mean, 110 points isn't something that you just fall into. Right. Yeah, that's not a freak thing. <laughs> and this is this is his second season with over 60 points in the last four years. I think his third at over 55 or yeah. over 55 assists. Yeah. So. It's just consistently he produces this. Yeah, he's an unreal player when it comes to finding teammates and uh, his playmaking ability. It, it, I mean, it's 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 not like Joe Thornton esque or Nick Backstrom esque. It's it's I would say a step below that. Yeah, for sure. But holy smokes! <laughs> well. Despite us both having Kane at the top, past two years, Blake Wheeler yep. has outproduced him in assist numbers with 68 and 71. And when you're breaking 70 assists, that is that is up there. Yeah, he was my number two. Uh, and I also remember screaming at him during the All-Star game last year because <laughs> he wouldn't shoot the puck. He would yeah. not do it, man. <laughs> like the central division finally had a team that was almost taking it seriously and was engaged. And like Landy and Miko are out there trying to make it happen. And McKinnon's coaching them up. And it was like, this is awesome. They're actually like competitive because you know, the, the first couple of years of this three V three format, yeah. the central division has just been getting run. Oh, no good. Right. Because they just don't care. They've got, they've got like the largest collection of dudes who were just like, I'm here because I have to be. And they just don't care at all. Right. And last year it was Blake Wheeler. And 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 it was because all he wanted to do was just make fancy passes to teammates. <laughs> it was driving me crazy, man. And uh, like that's that's his game. Like he had 20 goals last year and he had 91 points. Yep. Like that's that's what he does. Like he's a playmaker from that right wing spot next to Mark Shifley. He just a great passer, threads the needle. Um, I you know it's it's gotten to a crazy level these last couple of years, uh, which is why I have him at two, despite outproducing Kane, uh, because Kane has done this his his, his entire career. career, right? Exactly, and Blake Wheeler has not. It's been a very weird. Oh, I turned 30 and now I'm special. Decide I can pass it through any hole. <laughs> right. Like it's been weird for Wheeler and it's just the lack of track record that has him at number two, but certainly on a playmaking ability level, uh, he's been right there next to Kane the last couple of years. Uh, just an, an incredible passer, great touch, great vision and uh, gets, gets pucks. The thing, the thing that I'm most impressed with with Wheeler, and Kane also does this, uh, their ability to to get pucks to land flat. For, when they sauce them through. Yeah, and and it's not, and they don't. It's not multiple bounces. It lands right where it needs to for for the for their teammate to do whatever they want to do with it, whether it's a one timer or just corralling it, whatever. And it and it lands flat. Rarely do you see those guys throw passes through traffic that bounce. Yeah. You, this is something that Miko is, is very, very good at as well. Yeah. That and, type of pass. And it's, we've seen him make lots of those little passes, especially from behind the net is where Miko does it. Yep. Yep. Uh, where he just, he flips that up into the air very softly and it, and it comes down quickly, but it comes down flat. Right. And that's so insanely hard to do. If you want to know how hard it is to do, just watching it, just watch a bunch of NHL practices because guys 
just spend insane amounts of time passing pucks and trying to do exactly that. And they most almost all the these guys uh, struggle to do it on a consistent basis. And then you see these freaks of nature do it they in do games it every time, <laughs> on a, like consistently, and you're just like, "Okay, like what? Whatever." It's a skill that you can see the difference in, it, even if it is a very minute thing. It makes such a big difference when it comes to even like with Ranton and not only behind the net, but he loves to throw that pass into the slot. Yeah, where like all Colin Wilson has to do is put his stick on the ice, and the puck <laughs> goes in the net. Yeah, <laughs> so. I to be able to reproduce that. I also have McKinnon here. Um, yeah. Less passing ability and more just his raw vision. Sure. Because I think the vision plays such a huge part in, in being able to distribute pucks. And McKinnon has a tendency to, to get overzealous in his passing, where he fires wrist shots at teammates. And, you know, like, and you're just like, dude, like, this is how you break going the hundred miles an hour. Yeah. yeah, like this is this is not what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, like some touch, please. Uh, but he, I mean, the guy ended up with 58 assists last year. Like these, yep. he obviously has found plenty of ways to <laughs> to distribute pucks to his teammates. Um, I think his vision is unbelievable, though. Some of the things that he sees, some of the creativity that he has. It's just next level, and his raw passing ability doesn't wow me all the time, but his ability to see something and make it happen, I think, is incredible. Yeah, so how about on the other side, defensive passing? Tyson Berry's no longer in the division. Jacob Truba, no longer in the division. You still do have a Roman Yossi here. Duncan Keith, a couple of other guys, Klingberg. Yeah. Duncan Keith is insane. Uh, yeah. Moving pucks out of his own zone. Um, last year, if we're just looking at last year, last year, Eric Gustafson was awesome. Yes. He's but, no track record there, but yes. <laughs> right. And, you know, a really underrated Jared Spurgeon. Yeah. His ability to move pucks up the ice. Uh, I think Josh Morrissey will get into this conversation. Um, Sam Gerard is more of a skater with the puck than a than a distributor. Yep. So I and would, he's able to create that way. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, but I mean, just talking about guys who are able to 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 kickstart breakouts with with the stretch passing, it starts with Duncan Keith. He's yeah made a whole career out of. He's unbelievable. <laughs> there you go. That's why he's on a 15 year contract. Well, I mean, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and I think in a couple of years we're going to be looking at um, uh, Haskin and Makar and Adam Bulkvist as guys that maybe even Ian Lead Mitchell that charge. Yeah, um, as as guys that are really leading this, and and Josh Morrissey. Seriously, Josh Morrissey is a player to watch in this in this regard. All right, so there you go for the passing side of things. Final category, skating. Uh, I saved this one for last because, yeah, I have Nathan McKinnon at the top of this list. I didn't so. even make anybody. I didn't put anybody else on my list. Right. Why would you? It was it was Nathan McKinnon. Uh, he's the best skater. And a year from now, Kale McCarr and Miro Heiskanen, I would happily put on this list somewhere several spots below Nathan McKinnon. Right. It, there's a big old gap there. The only player in the league, arguably, who has that skating ability is is McDavid. And McDavid may even be better than McKinnon. But Oh, I would take it, McDavid in a heartbeat. And just in terms of all-around skating ability, I don't I don't know that – I said this on some, to somebody on Twitter yesterday, but I don't know that there's the, the NHL has ever seen a skater like Connor McDavid. Yeah. He has not only the top speed of a McKinnon, but that agility and yeah, the, just the elusiveness, elusiveness yeah, and the edge work and he, the the burst, the acceleration, the top speed, absolutely everything. He is as close to a perfect skater that I think you could possibly get to. Um, he's just unbelievable, and that's it. Hurts my heart to say that as a lifelong Pavel Bure fan who <laughs> up until McKinnon and, and McDavid, I'd never seen a guy who could skate like Pavel Bure, except maybe Sergei Fedorov. And those two guys, I mean, McKinnon 
And and for me to think that there's a clear difference between McKinnon and McDavid and to feel the way that I do about McKinnon. Uh, yeah, McDavid's just non-human. <laughs> he's just so special. Like it's <laughs> he's he's the Ivan Drago of of skating. He was built like in a lab somewhere. <laughs> like he is he is what happens when you create a player in a video game and jack everything up to 99. I must race you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's exactly it though. Like that's that's where McDavid is as a skater and but but with McKinnon since we're talking about the central division it's McKinnon and it's really yeah. not close. Um, I agree with that. Because we I I did want to put other guy Patrick Kane's elusiveness is what keeps him yes. alive. Incredible agility there for sure. Yeah, his Ability to avoid contact. Yep. Uh, if Jack Hughes ever wanted to model his game after somebody, it needs to be Kane. Yeah, absolutely. He needs to learn to avoid taking the huge hits that he's taken uh, if he wants to survive the NHL. Yeah, you're just going to break after a while if you could, if you can't. So Yeah. And uh, also, Victor Arvidsson uh, has always been one of my favorite skaters. Um, yeah. Kyle Connor. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. Explosive. Yep. Uh, really, really good edge work for him. Uh, I like I like him a lot as a skater. Uh, I think that's I think he's only going to get better. And uh, well, and and that explosiveness is is maybe the most important part of it, right? Because top speed is is great, but if it takes you ten strides to get up to it, then you're never using it. It's when you can get off the block and in two strides clear the man you're trying to get around. Yeah, it's some of the skaters in this division, their ability to, you know, the the ability to separate. Yep. It's it's one reason why I think the Avs are building perfectly on defense uh, between Gerard, uh, Byram and McCarr. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be like, OK, send your best skater at us. And Ain't nobody getting by us. <laughs> it'll be fine. You know, whereas. With Byram, I think I think Byram is a phenomenal skater just in terms of his all-around ability. He doesn't have that same explosiveness in those first couple steps like Makar and McKinnon do. But his his edge work and his agility are so good already. Uh, if you if you watch a lot of the things, a lot of his avenues for success uh, last year in the WHL, it was his ability to walk around guys, uh, his ability to uh, avoid contact. And put himself in dangerous scoring positions, uh, and that that agility isn't going anywhere, right? It's it's exciting. The best skaters in the league are often the most exciting players to watch, just yeah. because of that ability to create the space. And as soon as you create space, all of a sudden, not only do your skating lanes open up, but passing lanes as well, and it's just a, a domino effect. Let me uh, let me throw a curveball at you. Okay, hit me. Let's go through, let's quickly, obviously, since we're wrapping up the show here, run through the best in these categories for abs prospects who are not in the NHL. Ooh, interesting. Guys that are on their way. Best skater is probably the man, the myth, the legend, Sampo Ranta. You think so? You take him over Byram? Oh, I wasn't counting Byram. Okay. Byram's gonna play nhl games in about a month so <laughs> <laughs> okay well can't argue with that um let's see passing who are we counting ahl yeah hmm that makes it a little harder i might i might well yeah i might take tyler weiss here i know he has a lot to prove but from a raw talent perspective that was a big part of his game. Yeah. He's no joke, man. Yeah. His talent level when you watch him play, that kid is not kidding around. Yeah. If he can stay healthy. <laughs> yeah. Um, shooting. It's, it's supposed to be new hook. I'd see. I, this is where I would have Ranta. That's definitely, you could definitely throw Ranta into that category as well. Uh, if you want to put Byram as the skater. Underrated, I also think Cam Morrison has a phenomenal shot. He does have a good shot. He just no argument there. Doesn't get to use it much. Right. 
Uh, goaltending excitingness might be Trent Minor. I mean, when it comes to that, when it comes to the prospects, I don't care about fun to watch, man. I just just Fair. stop the puck, dude. Right, true. <laughs> just stop the freaking puck. And then best defender. Uh, there's probably a strong case for Shane Bowers there on the forward side. Mm-hmm. I would say Bowers uh, and Morrison. Yeah, and then if if you're including Byram, it's probably him on on the defensive defenseman. Also, I mean, Kovalenko he, in that. Yeah, Kovalenko would be a good pick there as well. Yeah, I, uh, you know, shooter where we we didn't mention Bokaj. That's true. I had totally spaced him. That's yeah. a very good one there. That's uh passer might be, I, I think um, couch should be in there. Yeah. Um, I would also have uh Shvirev in there. I think he's such a good passer, man. I love his game. I think by the end of this year, he may well be, be there. He was there before last year. And then last year just kind of took a lot out of him. So, <sighs> um, Let's see. Am I forgetting anybody big? Shooter Dick Henry could also be in there. Yeah, I, I like. I don't I know like if that I'd shot at the lot. top, but it is a very good shot. Yeah, I think it's a translatable shot. Like I right. think, it, I think it, Bocage is a better shooter, but I think Henry's could still play in the NHL. Exactly. In Bocage, the shot's great, but if you need 15 feet of space to get it off, kind of thing. Yeah, and you know we're talking skater like Alex Newhook. Oh yeah, that's not close. <laughs> like <laughs> for the forwards, new hook is is far and away. Yeah, like new hook, uh, Ranta, maybe Weiss. Those guys, seriously. <laughs> Drew Hellison's a great skater too. Yeah, it's a little more of a smooth type. But yeah, I mean, just as a when you're talking about defensemen and. Um, you know, not a, not an explosive skater in any way, right, but right. Uh, not. Uh, he's also a guy that I think is a good enough skater that he could handle an Alex Newhook trying to go wide on him. Yeah, for sure. And that's huge because if you can handle Alex Newhook trying to go wide on you, man, you're ahead of the curve. Right. It's not many people can go wide on you if Newhook can't. So, yeah, for sure. All right. Well. I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Uh, any final thoughts on how insanely skilled the central division is? Uh, it's a great division and I'm looking forward to Colorado winning it. There you go. Heard it here first. It's going to happen. Maybe <laughs> that's going to do it for us on this episode of the BSN avalanche podcast. As always, thank you for listening and we will have the final show of the week coming for you tomorrow. The Colorado Golf Association is dedicated to preserving, improving, and serving the game of golf here in Colorado. And right now they're conducting their annual Dream Golf Vacation Raffle. Ed May, Executive Director of the Colorado Golf Association, gave us some more info on what exactly you can win if you enter. We had six grand prizes this year and 40 plus other prizes. So the the big ticket items, so to speak, or the grand prizes are a trip to the BMW Championship, including VIP access, thanks to our partnership with BMW. Uh, We have a trip to Streamsong. We have a trip to Bandon Dunes. We have a trip to Sand Valley. And then we have what I think might be the coolest, a chance to take uh, a 7 Series BMW down to Telluride to play in a CGA-only event. The raffle tickets will go on sale on our website, coloradogolf.org. Tickets are $40, and you know all the proceeds from the raffle are going to support youth development in the state of Colorado. So you're making a great donation to a great cause, but you're also having a chance to uh, really have a fantastic dream golf vacation. For a chance to win, be sure to go to coloradogolfassociation.org.